Hi, we're your hosts, Lorraine Spindler and Lori Subat, and we're commercial real estate brokers with Scout Real Estate in Calgary. And you're listening to Leasing Out Loud. Hi, welcome back to Leasing Out Loud, episode number 50 with your hosts, Lori Suba and Lorraine Smithler. Yes, thanks for joining us, everyone. 50 episodes already. Wow. Well, we are thrilled to welcome Shannon Peston to the recording tent, the Leasing Out Loud tent here today. Thrilled to have Shannon join us. We're going to cover quite a bit of information Shannon is a former banker, and we're going to get into all of her background here, but we're going to talk about loans, commercial loans for maybe leaseholds, buying a building, and how banks look at things. You know, now she helps entrepreneurs. Like, what is she seeing? What are some of the hurdles entrepreneurs are faced with these days? So before we jump in, I want to introduce Shannon and give her the proper intro. So Shannon is an experienced and proud Cree Métis woman entrepreneur and courageous leader who is breaking barriers to advance an inclusive and sustainable economy. She's recognized for creating innovative funding models and solutions that challenge the status quo. Shannon is one of Canada's most sought after finance consultants and a trusted voice on women's entrepreneurship for educators, government, industry, and the media. She was one of the first women in the country to lead a woman's banking strategy and one of seven women appointed to serve on Canada's Women Entrepreneurship Expert Panel. Shannon is the co-founder of The Finance Cafe, the CEO of Peston Consulting, and the Senior Advisor for Business and Finance for Canada's Women Entrepreneurship knowledge hub. Shannon, holy <laughs> smokes. That's kind of a long bio. Busy. I know it's crazy, but you know, like you guys, we're all just kind of going through life, right? And doing what needs to be done and seeing the opportunities. And, you know, congratulations, first of all, 50 episodes, Thank you. having a podcast Thank you. ourselves at the Finance Cafe, I know how much work goes into these, right? <laughs> just thinking you. about the content. So thanks to your listeners for joining. Every time I come into this tent, we had you on our podcast, yes, yes. right? And we got to do it here in this tent. I wish the listeners could actually see how cool this little tent is that the you've got. The tent is a special place. It is. I might need to have a time out in the tent at some point today. <laughs> we were joking that we all have busy days and I might have to have a tent time out. But I'm with you. It's like super cozy and lovely and yeah. we're so happy to have you. So thank you for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. So there's some big news these days, Shannon. We're talking finance. We're talking yes. banking. We would be remiss if we didn't right off the cuff talk about interest rates mm -hmm. and all of the interest rate hikes that we're seeing, which obviously would have an impact, right? If somebody's buying a building, somebody's trying to get some cash lending. So what do you see right now from that world? Well, certainly the interest rates are playing a huge role right now in the economy and really making an impact on the cash flow of a lot of the businesses, right? So, you know, when we think about a lending scenario, when the lending rates go up, we've got these higher interest rates, which means there's more cash going out of the company in terms of the loan payments. So that's really top of mind for any business owner right now on any type of loan. And so the conversations are really about managing the cash flow. You know, if people are looking at taking on some debt in the company, really understanding how much it's going to cost them to borrow right mm -hmm. now because as the interest rates are going up, that borrowing cost is also going up. It's going up as right. well. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a certain group you're finding that it's affecting the most? It's been not unprecedented, but you know, three percent. 
since March, right? And to the Bank of Canada rate and the bulk of that even being since July. So pretty steep yeah. hikes, right? Are there certain groups that are yeah, yeah, more affected? Yeah, I mean, if we look at the last 10 years, I mean, I remember when I was in banking, I mean, interest was cheap. I mean, it was really mm-hmm. cheap to borrow money. So it made borrowing decisions a whole lot easier. And I think this is one of those things, you know, we're also talking about this recession Mm -hmm. as well. There's lots going on financially that sort of isn't the good news stories for Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. But again, it's any company that has kind of come out of the pandemic, it's like we could just breathe there and then boom, now we're into this inflation and interest rates. Mm -hmm. But I would say that all business owners are finding it difficult right now. But those that don't have the cash reserves are Mm -hmm. certainly feeling it even more. So Mm -hmm. it's going to touch everybody's business a little bit differently. Some businesses, we saw them thrive coming out of the pandemic. And so again, it really comes down to the financial health of the companies. True. Right. Cash is king. Cash is queen. <laughs> Cash is queen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, I think there's different types of groups that would be looking at commercial loans, whether it is for leaseholds or equipment or different projects that a business might undertake to grow. But in terms of purchasing an asset, mm-hmm. it could be an investor. They look at the lending rates and they look at a building with a different lens versus a business owner that would be looking to buy a building to occupy all of it or part of it, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And from what we're seeing, a business owner, for them to look at an asset, they would likely have a stable plan or a stable growth plan kind of of what they anticipate their business to look like. Certainly, if they're going to occupy the whole building, they might look at a building to occupy some of it and maybe have a tenant next door that they can grow into over time. From your perspective, why else do you see a business owner might look to buy a building? Well, really great points. And I think the one that I want to circle back on is the word plan, Mm. right? Commercial real estate. This is an asset that's sitting on the balance sheet. It is something that is like, it's a wealth strategy for many cases too, right? So a lot of entrepreneurs, when they think about oh, maybe I want to buy a building, can often be short-sighted because they're not thinking about what's the long-term plan for this asset, right? So I think this is where you also play a really great role because you ask some of these questions like, what is important to the business? Is this something that as a business owner, I can operate my whole business? It's going to save me rent, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm not going to be giving another person the money that I could be putting into my own building and paying down that mortgage, But there's so much more to it than that. It's thinking about what are my growth strategies? Is this space going to be suitable for my business five years from now? Is the interest rate, you know, am I paying too much right now for, Mm. can I afford this payment even? You you might find the perfect building, but depending on what the mortgage looks like, depending on what the interest rates are, it might be out of that price range. But entrepreneurs are going to look at it for, if they're going into their own space, we typically call that Mm owner-occupied real estate. So that means... I have, I don't know, maybe just use a manufacturing facility. Maybe I found this place that's going to allow me to continue my manufacturing process. Or sometimes we'll see entrepreneurs going in thinking, okay, maybe I'm going to do a blend of a bit of an investment real estate and my own owner occupied. In which case you might occupy some of the space and then have a tenant in that space as well that's helping you to pay down that mortgage. Mm -hmm. Or entrepreneurs might think, I've got a position right now where I've got some surplus cash. I want to start thinking about how to build investments in my company. I'm going to start up a holding company now that will become 
an investment real estate company whereby they become Mm -hmm. the landlord. Mm -hmm. So there's different Mm -hmm. options for entrepreneurs when they're thinking about real estate. And again, depending on the type of business, depending on if they're a brick and mortar business, makes perfect sense to want to be able to find your own building if you're manufacturing, another great way to do it. But again, also real estate is a way of generating wealth. And so it's a great opportunity for people to think about being a landlord themselves. Great point, Shannon. And you raise an excellent point about the planning component, because you're right, the space may work for a group today, but is that space going to work long term? And so when we're looking at lease scenarios versus purchase scenarios, leasing gives folks a whole lot more in terms of flexibility. Mm -hmm. So if they find that they outgrow the space or they have shrunk in terms of what they need for their space, there's mechanisms in place to deal with that. They can sublease their space, their lease has a finite term, and they can relocate versus owning that building. It's typically more of a forever type home, right? So oftentimes we'll see owner users, they're typically ones that have pretty steady business models. So they don't have these big fluctuations in terms of space requirements. Mm -hmm. And also like what the goal is for that business owner as well. Like we have Mm -hmm. to think about the people behind the business as well, because if they plan on exiting their business 10 years from now, what happens to that building? So what is the plan for, again, that asset? Because it's not always easy to sell a building either, right? Especially if you've got a very specific use property that becomes a little bit harder, or Mm -hmm. if it's, you know, leasehold improvements, depending on how specific those are, can be harder as well. So like you just said, Lori, it it becomes kind of a fixed home, right? Like you do have to think about it in terms of, okay, this fits today, it's also going to fit tomorrow, mm-hmm. or there's a different plan that I have for this building. Right. There's a mechanism for growth. Maybe that's another tenant in the building that is leasing space right now from you as landlord, but that you can grow into over time. So really smart to be thinking about planning. And speaking of planning, so Lorraine and I, I feel like we're kind of a broken record. We're always talking on the <laughs> podcast about the importance of planning, giving yourself enough time I know Lorraine and I, over the last few months, we're sort of shocked at how long things are taking Mm -hmm. from our perspective in terms of, you know, getting leases negotiated, working through with different lawyers. It's taking way longer, even to get financial statements for one. We're working on a file right now. Three weeks, we're still waiting on financial statements from the accountant. So Mm -hmm. knowing that things are taking longer than they have in the past, I just wanted to get your thoughts, Shannon, about timing in terms of some of these like the commercial loan application, or what are some of the things that business owners need to be thinking about? Is it the same for you? Give yourself enough time? Like there's a process that you have to undertake? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a process, but there's also so many people involved in the Mm. process and we don't really think about that. So an entrepreneur might find a building and they think this is it, I'm going to move into this. In their mind, they could be in tomorrow. Right. Right. But it takes time to negotiate the deal. It Mm -hmm. takes time to make sure that that's the right space for you. Then you have to get all your financial house and all the business plan in order because the banks are going to want to see that. The banks are going to need their time. And typically, like, that can take six weeks' time just to turn around and approval. And that's assuming that you have all that information. Right. So the accountants do play an important role depending on where you're sitting in a company's fiscal year end as Mm -hmm. well. I mean, we might need year-to-date financial statements if the year ends aren't recent enough. So there's... A lot of people that come into this, and then once that deal is approved, say, by the lender, then you have all the legal work that starts to happen, all the property registrations and all the due diligence. So 
yeah, it's not a one and done. It's not like, <laughs> hey, I find this place, you know, I see Scout Real Estate. And I'm like, I'm going to buy it right now. It just doesn't, you know, it just it we doesn't. know that the reality. But I think yeah. it's an important question to ask because I think a lot of entrepreneurs underestimate that time and that starts to create a lot of anxiety for mm. a lot of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. It starts to make people feel frustrated. Yeah. And these are emotional decisions, particularly when we're thinking about this is a big purchase for yes. any business. And so it's kind of managing the expectations for that entrepreneur. And I think, again, this is where brokers can do such a great job because you can help educate them about what this process is going to look like and navigate them through that process. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of educating. Yes, yes. Yeah. there is. Yeah. And it's like we said, we're finding more and more roadblocks, more hurdles. It's not to say that a deal can't be done because it can. It just takes a longer period of time. And so I so appreciate your comment. Like it does cause some frustration for folks sometimes when they see the building and they're like, this should just be done. Like well, it should and be one just thing, done. You know, I didn't mention too, is like the inspections or right. if there's environmentals, yes. like that was a big part that I actually just overlooked in saying you know, who's all touching this process. But you might uncover something in the environmental. So you mm-hmm. might have your heart set on something too, or something might come up in the environmental or right. the building's older and it needs improvements. And all of a sudden, like that changes what the deal could look like. So it's having that flexibility in the process and also helping the entrepreneurs not feel too emotionally tied to this <laughs> right. as their potential forever home, forever as we home. call it. <laughs> yes, the forever home. Well, and thinking of a scenario too of say a business owner is leasing a space mm-hmm. now, wants to purchase, mm-hmm. and they're coming up to a lease expiry, you might be well underway with a deal and then something comes up with environmental. And then mm-hmm. if that were to change, it's like, this is why you need time and you need a plan B, like what if, right? Yeah. If you and have you a lease coming up. the right people at the table. Of, yeah. Yes. And from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And I find that this is where... Also, professionals often don't consult with each other in the beginning. So it's really great when your banker has a relationship with the inspector, like the building inspector or the environmental assessment company, because at least they're aware through the process because it's no one likes surprises. No. And so when people have those open conversations to say, okay, well, we're going to be doing the inspection. This could come up. This is what we're going to be looking for. So also having the professionals educating, like all of us have a responsibility to help educate the client so that Mm -hmm. it feels like a good experience for them. Really good. So in terms of just materials on a high level, if someone's going to go in to trying to buy a building, some things that they have to have ready that the bank is going to ask for. And going to ask a couple questions just in general of what we hear that I think our listeners would appreciate just a bit of insight into. So for one, financial statements, most mm-hmm. certainly. The bank is going to ask for that. If it's a newer business and maybe even if it's existing, they're going to ask for a business plan to assess maybe what the future plan is. For the lender, there's, you know, real property reports, environmental reports, assessments, appraisals. Right. Are appraisals always required? It depends. So, I mean, I hate that answer, but it, it does kind of <laughs> depend, right? Because sometimes depending on what level of financing, by level mm. of financing, it's sort of that loan to value, right? So if I'm only asking for 30% of a mortgage, we might ah. be able to work off a city tax assessment. So mm-hmm. there, there are ways around it, but I would say always brace yourself for an appraisal. The banks, they're assessing, this is all a game of risk, totally. right? Yes. And so the bank is assessing the risk. The entrepreneur should be assessing the risk as well. I always mm-hmm. felt that Banks can feel really restrictive, but at the same time, the bank doesn't want to be holding a bad asset. And as an entrepreneur, you should be thinking like, I don't want to be holding a bad asset (laughs) either. either. So it kind of works both ways. But let's go back and talk about some of the documentation that is needed. 
absolutely a business plan. The bank is going to want to assess what the business is, how its operations look, how it makes its money, and which feeds into the financial statements. And the financial statements are, we obviously want to be able to see, first of all, how the company makes money. So the profit and loss statement Mm -hmm, is really mm -hmm. important, otherwise known as the income statement. But that's going to show how much cash is available, how much profit is available from the business that they can actually take on more debt. So the income statement plays a big role in this picture. The balance sheet as well, because the bankers want to understand how your company is already financed. Does it have a lot of debt in it? Can it take Mm -hmm. on more debt? So each of the financial statements is going to play a really important role, as is the cash flow statement, because, of course, we want to make sure that the cash flow is consistent with the company and that the company has strong cash management processes. So the financials are really important because that's going to help see the trends of the company. You know, we think that this is what the company is going to look like two years from now, five Mm -hmm. years. We start looking at some of those trends. And projections are also going to become important too. So it feels really heavy on the finance side, (laughs) but it is because at the end of the day, we need to understand, is this business a going concern? So that's what the bankers are going to be looking for. And at the end of the day, they want to make sure that the business can afford, not just afford, but pay the debt. Right. Mm-hmm. The banks aren't in the business of lending money and then having to take an asset. That's the last thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be holding commercial real estate. They want to see that the business can do it. And so that's why the business's financial statements are so important. Mm-hmm. And again, as I mentioned, the banks are going to want to see the income projections. How does the business change? How does the balance sheet change once this transaction takes place? Right. And so- yeah. The bank is always, in my mind, still looking out for the owner's best interest in this. Mm-hmm. Now, other things you mentioned, appraisal is going to be really important. The building inspection is also really important, again, because they're trying to assess the condition of the building. Like, right. mm-hmm. how many times have you gone in, maybe the electrical is old or the plumbing is old and there's going to be an investment or the roof or something structural? Like, right. you want to make sure that your asset is protected as well. You don't want to be buying a building that has significant structural issues. And then the environmental report. So often when it comes down, if I'm a business that's going to buy a place for which my business will be operating in, the bank is going to be looking only at my business, right? right? They might want to understand who my customers are. They're going to want to understand my industry. They're going to want to see how much I know about my industry. But if I'm a business that's looking at doing investment real estate, Mm -hmm. there's more that the banks are going to want to look at. And that primarily consists of the rent roll. Right. Mm -hmm. So if it's a strip mall or something Mm -hmm. like, so now they're going to be assessing the strength of your tenant Mm -hmm. because that's where the cash flow is going to be coming from. Right. Right. So to pay the more. Exactly. So depending on if it's owner occupied, depending if it's investment real estate, the bank is going to have different requirements. But again, it's so important to think about, you know, who are the tenants in that building? Are they going to be staying? Are those leases coming up? Like what happens if all your leases are coming up at the end of a year and you lose all those tenants? What happens? Where's the money going to come from to pay it? So these are the types of considerations and documentation that you can expect when going through this process. Right. Mm. They want to know that the building is healthy in terms of kind of the, the health of the actual building structure, and the health of the tenants, look at the rent roll, essentially, right? Like you don't want to have a rocky start. And heaven forbid you're an office building with vacancy roll that's coming in the next year and you know what the current conditions are in the office market. Right. So they're going to be looking at all of those things. That's really yeah important to know. And all of those things will factor into how much the loan to loan, the loan to value, to value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. ratio rates, all of those factors. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Shannon, you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. 
And I am so curious about some of the feedback that you might hear from some of your entrepreneur clients in terms of barriers or roadblocks. What do they see when they think about commercial real estate? Well, I'd say a couple of things. The first is actually just the knowledge barrier, like Mm -hmm. knowing what that process is going to look like and not being prepared for it to take as long as it potentially could. So the first barrier from my perspective is that they don't know what an environmental assessment is. Mm -hmm. They don't know who to get as an appraiser. (laughs) There's a lot of unknowns. What they know is that my business is growing. I need space. There's no point paying someone rent when I could be paying down a mortgage. That's how they're thinking. They're thinking about it from what makes sense financially through their lens for the business. Mm -hmm. And so if they're not prepared for what this process looks like, it can be very frustrating. They could feel like their hands are tied. They can feel like we're not being supportive. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, and even knowing like who comes in at what, at at what point. point. Yeah. I used to have a lot of customers that would come in and say, well, how much can I qualify to buy a building? Mm -hmm. But it's not a simple answer, right? Yeah. Again, because it goes back to we have to assess the strength of the business, which we yeah. do through the financial statements. And so <laughs> you can kind of see where this could become a bit of a rabbit hole for people. Right. So it's about, okay, so here's what's happening in my business. And when you have a good relationship with your banker or your accountant, again, mm-hmm. accountants could be asking questions at the year end. You know, are you thinking about buying a building? Mm-hmm. The bankers could be meeting with you if you have other, you know, loans on the books to say, what's going to be changing for you in the business? Like mm-hmm. if everybody did their job throughout this process <laughs> and did it well, yeah. the entrepreneurs would feel empowered to say, you know what? I didn't think about maybe buying a building. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, but then they can start feeling like they know how to start. So when they're kind of doing it on their own and maybe they're driving on a Sunday and they're like, yeah, I, I think it's time to buy a building. Mm-hmm. That's where I find that they're not prepared and we're not helping them be prepared for mm. what's ahead. So preparedness would be number one. Mm-hmm. I would say the second thing is the financing conversation is a really confusing one for people. We know what it's like to get a personal mortgage. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of easy mm-hmm. to you know find the house that we love and get a mortgage. Like that process is a really clean and easy. Streamlined. Yeah. Streamlined. And you can go online and see what the interest rates are and you can go through a loan calculator and see what you can afford as a monthly payment. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work that way with business. And again, it's because the business operates in a certain way. Businesses have all these different conditions that they have to think about, like what's changing in my industry, what's changing in my business, what happens if I lose a big customer this year. Like there's all these other considerations. And so the financing side, it's just not knowing how the deal is going to be assessed, right? what that banker is going to be asking for, and also what can be financed. Like we know that we can finance the mortgage and the Mm -hmm. purchase of the asset, but then there are things like, well, what if I had to build out the space? Right. right, You've got this beautiful space here. You've got your kitchen, you've Mm -hmm. got, you know, carpet and you've got hardwood. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like when you think about all of these pieces too, like this has to be thought of like, what does the inside look like for this? And how do I finance that? How do I finance that? As well. So I think the financing piece is just, it feels probably like the biggest barrier. And then the third would be time. Yeah, Because entrepreneurs, they are very focused on, again, what's happening in the business. And if this is taking time, mm-hmm. and it also takes time away from their business too, because there's a lot of work that goes into yes. this, right? Yeah. And so yeah. they're busy trying to run a, a business and then we're asking them for XYZ Extras. paperwork yeah. and they're like, oh gosh, like this is ridiculous. Too much, too yeah. much, yeah. Well, yeah. and they're typically often mile a minute people, right? right. That are like, this should have been done yesterday, that type of a personality often, right? 
And so you combine that with all of the steps that they have to undertake. It's probably a like a little bit of a perfect storm. Yeah, and I'm only chuckling because we're all entrepreneurs as well. <laughs> That's we why I'm laughing. I know. I'm like, like yeah, I'm like, why too, is this so not done? Because <laughs> you, you might no see an opportunity. other entrepreneurs no, that we're putting no. ourselves in the same bucket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I am definitely in that. I am yes. guilty as charged. I am <laughs> yeah. a mile a minute person and I would be the same. I'm yeah. like, why is this not already done? What is going on? Why is this taking so long? There's so an I, opportunity here. Let's right. Go. I need to go. Like opportunistic people, they see an opportunity and you're right, Larray, they want to just go. And so I totally appreciate the comments about some of the frustrations that some of these business owners might be feeling with this process, because it can feel very process heavy, right? Yes. And, you know, we're very much like, okay, opportunity, make it come together. Get rid of the red tape. Get rid of the red tape and make it happen. happen. And this is the exact opposite of that. It is like there are processes in place. But ultimately, to your point earlier, Shannon, those processes are in place ultimately to help protect that owner as well, right? So the bank is looking, doing deep dives in terms of the financial health for a reason, and it does actually serve to help that business owner in the long run, right? Yeah, and again, I mean, the bank too. So one, it you have to think about it as, in one sense, they're helping to protect the asset because if the bank doesn't see this as a good investment, chances are you might I not should even. be watching that. <laughs> right. But then on the other side, the bank is also looking at it to say, you don't want to be so cash strapped. Right. That if something happens in your business, you, you can't pay the mortgage. Yeah. So I think bringing this conversation to light is actually really important because often banks can feel like the barrier. And I don't disagree that it doesn't always feel great. Mm-hmm. But again, you want to make sure that you have the confidence as well that you have the cash flow to pay for that. It's a big expense. And mm-hmm. it's not just I'm replacing the rent that I'm no. paying, right? Like no. there's mm-hmm. there's a lot more to it. And you know, the other thing too I would say that entrepreneurs should be prepared for is the fees that come along with mm. this. It's yeah. not a cheap process, right? No, like right. there's the bank's application fees, there's the legal fees, there's the brokerage fees. So also being prepared for the accountant fees that come along with this. Everybody gets paid in this this the process. process. Well, and you raise some really great points here today, Shannon, and I'd like to do a little plug for you because you have a pretty phenomenal podcast, the Finance Cafe (laughs) podcast, that really, I mean, you talk to so many different experts, chatting about some of the challenges that entrepreneurs may encounter from a finance side of things. So do check the Finance Cafe out. You are on Spotify, Apple, Apple we're on any Audible. your favorite podcast <laughs> uh, provider. Yeah, and you're providing all sorts of great insight and information for listeners and business owners as they sort of navigate the waters of business. Well, thank you. And yeah. I love that you're having these conversations too. And I'm, you know, I'm sure like us, we have different listeners. You probably have some mm-hmm. aspiring brokers out there or even some bankers listening to this. And so like you're really helping to create a stronger ecosystem in this space so thank you for all the work that you're doing here awesome well thanks for coming to the tent i love the tent and i hope to come back to the tent honestly if your listeners could see how just cozy (laughs) it is in here and just how welcoming your whole space is and just what a different experience it is to work with scout oh awesome thanks so much you're always welcome always welcome (laughs) in the tent well (laughs) thanks so much again very insightful and informative as always Look forward to the opportunity to have you back on, back in the tent, back on the podcast. Yeah. No limit to what we can dive into. There's <laughs> never, there's no limit. No, no. But thank you, listeners, thank for you. tuning in. It's been a great episode. 
join us next episode where we're going to talk about the latest and greatest in commercial real estate. And you know where to find us. We're on LinkedIn, hello at scoutrealestate.ca. We're easy to track down and always interested for some feedback questions or how we might be able to help you. 